Welcome to Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. I'll bring you all kinds of stories from all kinds of people. Whether it's a live public conversation and we're speaking from the kitchen table of my 1965 Beeline Travel Trailer, from the studios or on the streets, please sit back and enjoy the conversation right here this time every week. Dear Trailer Talk family, I'm wishing you a new year filled with the possibilities of us. Let's keep holding each other as we enter 2023, demanding a world of kindness and connectivity. Following are excerpts from the last year from Trailer Talks in the Neighborhood Project. I'm excited to begin conversations with you in the coming year. I am very grateful to Dr. Larissa Driska, who has joined me today for this Trailer Talk episode. Let me share some things about my guest today. Dr. Larissa Driska is a retired pediatrician. She was the director of pediatrics at Holy Name Hospital in Tianek, New Jersey. She was a representative to the United Nations Economic and Social Council and is a member of the World Federation of Ukrainian Women's Organizations. Dr. Driska is an advocate for public health on the issues of oil and gas extraction and production. She co-founded Concerned Health Professionals of New York. She is the co-editor of seven editions with the eighth edition about to be released of the Compendium of Scientific and Medical and Media Findings demonstrating the risks and harms of fracking. She is on the board of the Physicians for Social Responsibility in New York. Thank you, Sabrina. It's good to talk to you again. Uh, it's very emotional. Um, there are a lot of tears shed. You know, you see pictures of your friends who were singers or um, photographers. You know, now they are carrying guns. And they say they're not afraid, that they will defend to the death. So the thought of people that I know going to, to do that is very sad. Larissa, is there anything you would like to say to the Ukrainian people? Дорогі українці, ми вас дуже любимо. Ми слідкуємо за ваш кожен крок, що ви робите, як які ви відважні. Прошу, будьте далі такі сильні, як ви є тепер. Прошу, хай Бог вам допоможе і бажаю вам всім здоров'я і щастя. Слава Україні, героям слава. Please introduce yourself to our audiences. I was born in the United States. My parents were immigrants from, uh, at that time, Soviet Russia. And um, it was a very, very difficult time. We heard all of these stories about them as we were growing up. And so that impacted us as children. I grew up speaking Ukrainian. I attended a Ukrainian school, a Ukrainian scout organization. So our culture was very deeply rooted in the Ukrainian uh, culture. Um, I've had a chance to travel to Ukraine several times. I met my relatives that we never could visit or spend time with. My father could never visit them when he was younger. Um, and then what had happened to our parents, we found happening to Ukraine again in 2014. 
what happened with your family in 2014 with the uprising, the attacks there from Putin and Russia in Ukraine? Ukraine was newly independent in 1991. And I think that's it's important to, to note that year. Um, they had been a Soviet Socialist Republic, part of the Soviet Union, with very little individual uh, individual ability to um, ha- have their culture and their language. Language was one of the fir- one of the first things that was suppressed by Stalin way back during the early Soviet times, so that Ukrainians would lose that part. And that's something to remember that when you lose your language. Uh, you lose your ability to communicate in with that within the song in the poetry that that uh, is so important to Ukrainian culture. Oksana Mucha singing to Ukrainian soldiers 20 kilometers from the Russian border. The Ukrainian people, Durohi Sluchachi, Durohi Ukrainci, Durohi Bratia Sestri, Buchte Silni Yegviv Sebuli, Mivas Lubimo, Vilvashich, Vivnashich Molitvach, Ivnashich Dumkach. Slava Ukraini. Thank you so much, Larissa. Hi, my name is Christine. I'm here because abortion has to be widespread, available, safe, and legal. Women need abortions. And if we don't get behind this issue, it's just ridiculous that this is going to be killing underprivileged women who don't have access to it. It's going to be killing women who are stuck in relationships that that are abusive. And it's going to be killing women who have had, you know, been abused and are are raped and they they have to get rid of their, their fetus. And, you know, I'm a spiritual person. I have made a vow to nonviolence. I don't think it's a violent act to abort a fetus that is either unwanted or unviable. Priscilla Bassett, and I am a spokesperson for senior women and men. And for many, many years, I have supported the right of women to choose. And I think that's what this is all about. And here I am with my 93-year-old body out here standing strong. Thank you. I'm Star Hesse, and I, with Priscilla, have been out supporting women's rights and just general civil rights for people. And we wanted to be here today to show our support that this is a very important issue and everyone should get behind it. And especially the New York Health Act, which we wouldn't have half of these problems if we had the New York Health Act in place. Um, I'm Lise Kennedy. I'm here with Priscilla Bassett, representing Sullivan County and just supporting women's rights and the right to choose in Sullivan County, which doesn't have a single place where anyone could get an abortion and a very, very part-time Planned Parenthood. Uh, And, you know, it's very sad how few services there are in Sullivan County. So that's why I'm here, because nobody should ever have to, you know, go without medical help when they need it. 
So how does this address the climate catastrophe that we are faced with now? I welcome you to sit back and enjoy the conversation with Rosie Starr and the team of Ant Hill Farm Agroforestry, Monique Millison, and to Sky Ballantyne. Hi, my name's Sky Ballantyne, and um, how did I get into farming? It wasn't in my background at all. I think uh, I got into it because I didn't know what else to do with myself, and I wanted to do something that I believed was uh, would have a positive impact on ecologically, and then also something that would uh, provide a, you know, a healthy source of food and nutrients for people. I thought it was like kind of a very synergistic undertaking, you know, in terms of like what I cared about. That's where I got started. I, I, I didn't have it in my background at all. I, I did some gardening with my parents when I was younger. Monique Millison, and I am married to Sky Ballantyne, and we have the Ant Hill Farm together. I got involved uh, with the Ant Hill Farm pretty early on, and I would say I mostly got involved because Sky and I started dating. But as soon as I saw this place, I was just so inspired by its uh, magical property and what he and his brother had kind of started that year, which was growing vegetables. And I was working for an artist. I have a artistic background. I went to school for painting and sculpture. So I've always had a real appreciation of the outdoors and beauty. And I was working up here and I actually got into doing some cooking for an artist, Mildred's Lane, over in uh, Beach Lake, Pennsylvania. And so I was doing some cooking for her and shopping and things like that for a summer residency artist workshop program that she holds there. So I started shopping at the farmer's market and met Sky and uh, got introduced to the farm. From there on out, I was like, all right, we're getting our vegetables here, you know, all this really good organic produce. So I think for me, I really came at it from the angle of um, really wanting and discovering um, where my food came from and uh, just being super inspired to cook with all the different products that you know, they grew here at the farm. At the time, that was vegetables. And then as I became more involved in the farm and uh, started living here and we started a family together, we started uh, planting a lot of trees, primarily fruit trees and nut trees and things like that. And, you know, I don't have a farming background, but I come from very food background. And, you know, shopping at farmer's markets was always something that just like I started feeling more connected to the food. It was more inspiring for me. It was like a palette for an artist. And that's kind of where I came from art, then to cooking and then to farming. And I quickly realized with farming that it's highly, highly creative, but you're working on a level with the plants and your season planning as sort of your palette, if you will, ingredients that you're gonna have throughout the season. And you're kind of thinking just uh, the planning element and on the, all the levels about like the soil and the ecology around it. And I really learned a lot from Sky, and then also being a part of like our pasta chapter from other farmers and going to conferences and really understanding like the ecological impact that commercial farming is having and conventional farming can have on the environment and understanding like the kind of destructive aspect. And I remember seeing that in college with like, you know, kind of these chicken farms and like there would be spraying Roundup on corn and things like that and just feeling like 
a negative feeling about that and, and really seeing kind of in reading and researching about like the devastation that that can cause and people's health and then just in the communities that have to harvest and deal with that kind of production getting involved with like a small-scale organic farm and learning how to farm and grow my own food and grow it for my community was very healing and really uh, nourishing on the soul level for me. And then the last couple of years when hemp came around and became available to grow, we kind of jumped at that. It was something like Sky had always said like, well, you know, if marijuana ever legalizes or hemp, I would love to grow it. It would always been just sort of a part of the puzzle that we imagined, well, maybe someday we'll grow hemp too. I'm Sabrina. This is Trailer Talk. And I am so happy to be speaking with Jonathan Charles Fox about his show that is going to be at Gallery 222 in Hurleyville, New York throughout May. It's a camera, not a magic wand. We're going to be talking about this exhibit of Jonathan's. Jonathan is a columnist for the award-winning River Reporter newspaper, which focuses on the Delaware River Valley region and Sullivan County, New York. And he's also a co-host on Thunder 102 Radio. And he's also joined by Dharma the Wonder Dog, who is his beautiful companion. (laughs) Hi, Dharma. There's so many things to talk to Jonathan about. I want to begin with his relationship to Sullivan County, New York. I view what he does, whether it's writing for the newspaper or being on the radio or this show, It's a Camera, Not a Magic Wand, is a kind of a love letter to Sullivan County. Well, your introduction uh, is uh, uh, makes me sound like way more than I actually am. Uh, but I have lived a couple of lives, I think, uh, because I began my world in theater. I wanted to be a professional actor. That's I started when I was five years old performing, and I wound up after school being in New York City, and then I, I managed to make my way to Hollywood, where I uh, made a lot of, um, I did a lot of bit parts on uh, television shows and commercials. I did a lot of commercials. I wound up being on a show called Fame about the High School of Performing Arts, uh, playing a little Jewish nerdy oboe student B character. I was always the character, never the lead. And I never played over 18 in my whole life. And uh, I had spent my childhood growing up on the Susquehanna River and going to camp and and living at Seneca Lake during the summer times. I was very much a nature guy, always have been. And while I spent 30 years in Los Angeles, every time I had a free moment, I would come up and visit my friends here in Sullivan County. I realized I I, I was far more comfortable in the woods than I was in a city environment. A midlife crisis kind of thing. I think I had a midlife crisis because at the age of 50, I said, I'm going to pick up my entire life and put it in a truck and move to Sullivan County. And that's exactly what I did almost 20 years ago. Why did you head to Sullivan County? Uh, Because I'd been visiting here so often and everywhere I went and I was I was looking for culture and I found it and I was looking for nature. And of course, you find it everywhere. And I was looking to see if Sullivan County liked me at all. And everywhere I went, I encountered people I liked. I never had a negative experience in the 25 years of visiting and vacationing here in Sullivan County. And I just decided it was a really good fit. Then I had to figure out a way to earn a living. I wound up being approached by somebody up here connected to a newspaper, which no longer exists. It was uh, uh, called the Town Crier. 
Remember an that? Incredible, yes, an I incredible think... local paper out of Livingston Manor, New York. The publisher of that had read something of mine about Sullivan County. I had been to a play at the Forest Road Playhouse here, and I went home to L.A., and I wrote about that experience, and it was my very first In My Humble Opinion, so it was 25 years ago. I wrote a review of a show at the Forest Road Playhouse, which I loved. I didn't love the show, but I loved the Playhouse, and she read it, and she contacted me and said, I'd like to offer you a job coming come here and write about that stuff here. And I said, I think you're crazy, and that's what I did. <laughs> of course, the town crier went away and got absorbed into the Sullivan County Democrat, one of our wonderful community newspapers up here. Then the town crier was gone. And then I was working suddenly without warning uh, for the Sullivan County Democrat and those wonderful people. And at some point, uh, Daniel Gable, who was the managing publisher at the award-winning River Reporter, contacted me and said, we'd kind of like you to come over to our side of town. That's what I did 15 years ago. I've been with the River Reporter for 15 years, doing what I do now, which is covering the world of arts and leisure here in Sullivan County. And I know you, I'm sure you want to ask me something, but I want to tell you that I discovered that working for a local paper about local things, especially arts and leisure and entertainment, my job is to uh, get people interested in where we live, here in the Catskills, here in Sullivan County. I cover four counties for the paper. My job is to encourage people to go out and support the arts. And um, I feel very fortunate because that's what I get to do. Whether I like it or not, it doesn't matter. My column is called In My Humble Opinion. And there's a little irony in there. <laughs> irony being what, the humble part or what? <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Every once in a while, somebody will approach me and say, you know, you're not all that humble. I'm like, really? I didn't get that part. <laughs> uh, my name is Jamie Helper. I live in Sullivan County. It's in Western New York in the Catskill region. I came here from Jersey City, from Brooklyn, from Connecticut, from Chicago. So until I came here, I lived in cities all the time, and I just needed a place to grow figuratively and literally. And so I ended up in the Catskills. I've been here for about 16 years raising my children and growing plants and such. And you mentioned this by engaging in the plant world, there's a, a transformative potential. That and also growing plants from seed. For me, you know, sometimes you can just have a day or a life or a week or a month or whatever, where you just don't feel like you're getting anything done. But when you plant a seed and a few weeks from now, you see a little bit of green sprouting and then you get it in the ground and a few months from now there is a harvestable flower it's fulfilling it's fulfilling in a way that you know that nothing else is and so Jamie in connecting so deeply and increasing your own relationship with the plant world what is this journey like where are you on this journey at this point how would you describe kind of where, where it's taking you into yourself and into how you're perhaps relating to the world around you? Well, I think um, especially these last couple of years where we've all been a little bit isolated, to say mm -hmm. the least, <laughs> it's given me purpose in times when it's been lonely. You know, it, it's mm -hmm. given me, um, like I said, something that I can look to and see accomplishment. It's kept me outside. It keeps my body moving. 
It keeps me motivated, you know, when maybe other things aren't going so great. And it reminds me that I do have the power to control something positive. It helps me reconnect with my creative energy. Sometimes when I'm stuck creatively, because I write as well, sometimes when I'm stuck creatively, I can go outside and I can um, be reminded of like the ultimate creative energy Mm. and tap into that and move forward. You know, it's, it's affected my writing, you know, it, it affects my metaphors, you know, it affects your metaphors. Yes. Speaking of these metaphors, so it's taking you, your, your relationship with the plant world. Uh, and can we say the natural world when we say yes. the plant world? So this natural world that I feel so fortunate to be so deeply immersed in where, where I live in the Catskills, is that also taking you into a place of a rediscovery of parts of yourself, would you say? So I'm Sabrina. We're at the Transportation Center outside. I came to this building to get KN95 masks. It's a program through the county. And um, Laura, thank you so much. This is a very spontaneous sort of thing. I jumped out of my car and I'm going to be speaking with Laura Quigley and the other people who are here uh, greeting people and, and giving them masks. So please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Laura Quigley. I'm the Commissioner of Community Resources Division for Sullivan County. Well, Laura, it's so great to speak to you again. The last time we spoke, it was 2020. We were really uh, in, in the beginning and also the height of the pandemic. And I'm just wondering, we're starting a new year. If you can share with us from your perspective what you're feeling. And, and why don't we begin with this program itself, since we're now in another crisis with, with COVID, with Omicron? Well, Sabrina, it's kind of like, here we go again. <laughs> here we go again. So we are very fortunate that the state gave us over 34,000 KN95 masks. So what we're doing over the next couple of days is distributing those masks to housing complexes, businesses, organizations, and individual families, um, which is wonderful. I'm glad we can do it, but we really wish we didn't have to do it. It is when we were told, you know, we were brought into this, we were like, okay, we know how to do this. We're fine. We got it. And um, we were really hoping this would be done and we wouldn't be doing this. So it's like, I don't know, a little PTSD. <laughs> Let's talk about that. I know I feel a weariness. We're entering the new year and I feel so grateful to be here, to have made it to this point in this new world that we're in. And I always hope for a new world that has improvements and that we've learned from what's gotten exposed, but also a new world because things really have been in crisis mode for almost two years. And we're in the holidays, we're in the new year, 2022. So this PTSD that you're talking about, that's a very real thing. And I've begun to connect with even how I've been feeling through this time. So could you share with our listeners, what do you mean about that, both personally and also with your position in the county? It's just that it never, it just, it's not ending, right? So we keep going through this again and again. We've continued all along to deliver food to people. We've continued to be able to provide services and resources, which we are so grateful to be able to do and to have 
a county government, a legislator and legislature and county manager that are just like, go do, right? Mm -hmm. So very, very grateful for that. Very glad we can do this. Glad I am blessed with such an amazing group of people to work with. Those are all the positives and the wonderful things is that we can do all this. Um, but you do get tired of it. You know, we have a lot of work that we want to do, a lot of things that we could be doing to move our programs forward and to move the services that we do forward. And we get five steps ahead and then here we go again. And so it gets a little frustrating, but it's okay because we know how to do this. So it's like, we're, I'm glad that we're here, that, that we're here to do this for the community. That's great. So I'm going to go see if these people who just drove up would like to speak with me. Alan McBrickle. Hi, Alan. I'm Sabrina. You're here in this uh, transportation warehouse. You've just picked up some KN95 masks. So what are you hoping for in this new year? I'm really just hoping for things to return to a little bit of normalcy. You know, uh, it sounds like COVID is going to go on and on and on and be part of us for years to come. And we have to find ways to cope effectively and to embrace all the issues that are, are surrounding COVID. And what are some of those issues you're referring to? Well, you know, people don't want to get vaccinated. People swear they should get vaccinated. Um, you know, people are fighting against each other and people should wear masks and people shouldn't wear masks. And, you know, there's no sense of harmony or willingness to work with one another to understand all the issues and not just take sides. We're taking sides a lot and we're not working together. So I hope with the sense of normalcy that's coming, the people won't just be taking sides, that they'll be reaching out to the other side for understanding and guidance and help and for us to pull together in this new year. In terms of kind of this idea of reaching to the other side or contending with how this makes you feel? Anything you want to share about that? Uh, just find avenues for opening dialogues, whatever that happens to be, whether it's at a, you know, the community meetings, whether it's at religious services, whether it's, you know, in commercial places, um, to, to find ways to connect with people at a higher higher level, at a higher plane, really. My boss just hit me, so I, I better jump, jump in here. <laughs> I'm Lise Andul. I am the director of the Office for the Aging, and I am very grateful to be working with this fantastic group of people that are keeping us sane throughout this insanity. I have this hope, I mean, need to believe that somehow this crisis has changed things in a way that will improve our present and future, but I also know there's kind of almost this, it seems in some cases people are just hanging on to this idea of what was and this idea of normal, which was very flawed anyway. So what is your perspective on that? I think what highlighted immediately was the food insecurity in the county and how we could help address it. And it opened up conversations and partnerships that 
were sort of there before but are very much there now. Every Thursday we're still hosting a uh, food pantry distribution for local food pantries. We've been able to increase capacity for pantries that were maybe open once a month. Now they're opening weekly because we get a, a weekly shipment from the food bank of the Hudson Valley and it also helps support our homebound seniors with extra stuff on top of our meals. So we've been able to get the fresh produce and, and dairy and milk products you know, from the, the food bank and everyone's, it's a win for everyone. But it's also, we're getting more organized now with other community partners to make sure that we're all looking at the same goal and that we're hitting as many people who need our help as possible. And that's been a huge win if, if you want to look at it that way throughout the pandemic is, is definitely increasing collaboration and partnerships. From the kitchen table, out on the road, I'm Sabrina Artell. Thanks for joining me for Sabrina Artell's Trailer Talk. The music for the show, Patti Smith, People Have the Power. Trailer Talk is produced by Sabrina Artell. For more information, please visit trailertalk.net. Special thanks to WJFF Radio Catskill and the numerous people who have donated their time, resources, and conversations to make Trailer Talk possible. Thank you all who joined me in these conversations. I'm Sabrina Artell. Safe travels.